welcome to Sanctuary First on this uh, Friday evening and it's the last Friday of the month in March and we're here this evening so great to have you with us our discussion tonight is all going to be around Ukraine and also around the idea of our restless souls so welcome and I hope you enjoy our time together and I'm joined by our normal team uh, we've got here with us George Snedden who's joining us tonight Hi, nice to be here. Great to be with you again. And we've got Laura, Laura Digan with us tonight as well. Hello, everyone. Great to be here. And we've also got a special guest tonight is Aaron Stevens, who's a minister in Budapest in Hungary, and hoping that we're going to hear some interesting stories from you tonight too, Aaron. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, Yo State. Good evening, good evening, everybody from Budapest. Good. So guys, tonight we're thinking about, uh, starting off with thinking about this idea of you know, restless souls and you know, what's, what's the month been like for you? I'll start off with you, Laura. What's the kind of restless souls month been like for you? Oh, do you know, I, I, I quite often feel that whatever the theme is, you know, I'm, I'm loving it. You know, I really am loving it, especially if I'm if I'm part of the writing. I've not been part of the writing this month, but um, I will be for unnoticed joy. <laughs> so we'll see what that brings. But with the Restless Souls, actually, um, within the... Um, as people will all know um, that, that listen in regular, they'll know that I'm a new minister in um, White Inch Church in Glasgow. And Glasgow Presbytery have um, making a whole load of changes um, through their um, Presbytery Mission Plan. Yeah. And I have to say, it's been really quite unsettling for somebody just coming in. You know, I'm trying to get myself used to you know, my, my parish, get to know the, the congregation and, you know, just kind of ease myself in, you know, get to know everything that's happening, get to know people and then start to vision, you know, where God's leading us, you know, to take, go and have vision together, you know, with the, with the people of the church. But this, you know, this focus, you know, this re kind of focus over to the Presbytery Mission Plan, it's just been quite um, unsettling for me and uh, something else that I have to juggle um, in the midst of this, already a big change in my life and, and in my, you know, journey um, in ministry, so yes, um, oh, well, yeah. Listen, we've let, you get a good, we've let you get a good moan out there <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, George, what's your yeah. restless month been like? Uh, I'm just back from probationers conference, which is the second last one that we go to during our training. And it was the first one since 2018 or 2019. In fact, Laura and I were the last one together. That's mm. how long ago it was. And that was the last time we were in person. So when you're talking about restless souls, I stayed up a lot late nights with some of these candidates and other probationers just chatting and, and making the most of getting to know each other and I've came back really refreshed from it um really really happy to be back but actually really really feeling that just meeting people and seeing each other again has been such a joy yeah I mean what I've been enjoying about thinking about restless souls is just it's been drawing me into uh, thinking about how important it is to have that time of resting with God, you know, yeah. and, and and restless souls is it's leading us to the place where in the whole study 
is leading us to the place where we're restless because we're longing, we're longing for something more. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. There's this, you know, and and it, it's got me thinking about just that 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 bit. There's something about bittersweet in all of this, you know, the bittersweet feel, you know, that mm -hmm. um, when you listen to music, you know, you ask yourself, why do I like listening to sad music? You know, and it's a there's a, a bitter sweet thing. There's there's a longing for something else that that maybe you've missed. You know, and that's up precisely, Albert, because I think that's where my restlessness is coming from. It's this because I'm just longing just to kind of sit there and go away. What's God want and what's God want, and then having that time just to kind of sit in it and be at peace and like just trying. To, but but you've got all these distractions, you know, and it's. Yeah. It's a, aye, there's that longing. That's the right word, Albert. You're, you've hit it there, the longing. Mm -hmm. Aaron, without, a, without getting you to tell, we, we talk more about your situation, sure. you know, in, in the bigger picture, but just what about the kind of, the, the, this month, that obviously must be an amazing month to just have to face all this, but, you know, Restless. Yeah, if I think if if I think about restlessness, uh, and if I don't think about let's say current events, uh, some of what Laura said really re resonates with me because I'm on uh, our presbytery committees that are dealing with presbytery mission planning um, and these difficult decisions that presbyteries have to make. And without without even thinking about the stress of that, the practical side is I'm in a lot of meetings nowadays. You know, I've got I've got regular meetings with our local church. Then I'm an interim moderator in a, in, for St. Andrew's Church in Rome, which involves some meetings. And then I've got these different presbytery committees. Uh, and uh, it's not just that that's a lot of meetings, but if I'm trying to set aside a day that's completely work-free, but then you have all these other committees where if that's, if that's the only day that the other people have time, then you feel like, okay, I don't want to, you know, I want to take my part. And then I, I can look at a week or two weeks or three weeks and think, mm. when did I take a whole day off? Mm. Um, and, and, and yet I, I consider it vitally important. And what I've realized, if I'm really busy, and you mentioned music, Albert, and sometimes it's okay for me to listen to music in the background, but it's always a warning sign to me if at night when I turn everything off, I still hear the news and the music in my head, then I think, okay, I've had too much background noise for a couple of days now. I need to start toning that down so that when I have silence, I can enjoy the silence. Mm -hmm. So those are some of those are some of my uh, experiences of, of restlessness. Yeah, I mean, I, I can identify with that. I've been thinking uh, I, I'm going to be taking a week off next week just simply because I've been I've you know I've been too busy, too much on, and I need just a time to 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 rest a little bit and to think mm. and not to be in front of screens all the time mm. you know because like you I think we're all like this we're in front of screens all the time and we need that time when we're away just to to rest in God and to have that longing and that restlessness but you know there's another thing that's coming to me as I'm thinking about all this guys it's um, the restlessness that seems to be around in the world that something's happened in the world with covid and then with this war mm -hmm. something's happened that people are beginning to see things almost revalue what's important to them you know and uh, 
you know, the, 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 we've talked about this before about kindness and the 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 the, the, the development of kindness, but there, there seems to be more and more of this around that people are beginning to see it's, it's more important to build relationships with people and friendships than than having having you know positions or, or materialism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it, because you keep, I, I keep hearing about, you know, like, you know, how everything's been shaken, you know, that, you know, like, uh, uh, that all the structures are, have been shaken, you know, in the past couple of years. And so the reality that we've been living in, you know, it's, we, we, we start, I think what's been happening is, is like, we're actually now seeing actually what is reality. You know, and where we've maybe been living, you know, veiled, so to speak, you know, we've, we've had a coziness, you know, maybe we've been soothed into a coziness. And actually, over the past couple of years, um, all that's been kind of shaken away. And I think especially now when people are really, especially after COVID and the isolation of COVID and the loss of COVID, um, people are really seeing what what's the value in life what what matters to us and what we need to hold on to what can we lose but what must we hold on to yeah george what what's your reflections on this kind of area i think it's an unwinding of institution as well you know the, the all the i'm just noticing today where the the backlash to the duke and duchess of cambridge in jamaica and the, the, the institution of monarchy being challenged. And I think in the church, as Christians, our faith is being challenged to go back to basics. Mm -hmm. we're, we're now in a world which we're unrecognisable. We were told in scripture that we're foreigners in a world and we actually are feeling it now. And I think that's a deeply profound place to be, but a deeply uncomfortable place to be. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering maybe if I could just open this up a little bit more for you now, Aaron, to share a little bit about your world, because, you know, what's happened in your world is just must be, you know, you're the edge of looking in on, on all that's happening in Ukraine and your, your country has opened up their doors and your church has opened up. Now, I know that you've been doing some of that anyway, there's always been, but what's, what's it feeling like now? Uh, thank, thank you for asking, and um, and also thanks for for phrasing it that we're on the edge. There, there was someone who was sending us a message of support recently, and and they said, you know, you're really on the front lines. And without meaning to be disrespectful of somebody who's offering encouragement, and I just had to say we're, we're not on the front lines. There, there are real front lines in this in this crisis, and and we're in a place of uh, of of a different shape of the crisis but but I'm, I'm careful to use about which words we use and i think edge is is right you know we're we're on the other side of a border and in fact where the violence is taking place is not particularly particularly close to that border yet and in fact where a lot of displaced people are are still within ukraine people who have left their homes but not gone into other countries yeah. but where we are um just to help put it in perspective um I can't remember the last figure I saw, but I, I think we're now talking about roughly half a million people, uh, or at least upwards of that, that have left Ukraine entering into Hungary. Uh, the 
largest city in Hungary is Budapest, if you look at the population. Uh, the second largest is Debrecen, I believe, which is something like 220,000. Well, already we've had more people than that cross in. So if you looked only at the numbers, we're talking about the second largest city in the country. Uh, mm -hmm. So that kind of gives you a kind of perspective of how many people have, have come across. Now, a lot of them are still within the vicinity of the border, but a lot of people have come to Budapest. Some of those people are looking at their options for staying here. Some of the, these people are moving on. Uh, but uh, we are aware of our proximity. The, the, first, the first concern was for Hungarians who live in Ukraine because of the way the maps have been redrawn over different conflicts. You have a significant number of, of Hungarians who, who are in Ukraine. So at first you're worried about them, but then when, when people start coming over here in such large numbers without a great infrastructure to take care of them, then a lot of people is just kind of a grassroots natural response. Some people are welcoming people into their homes. Some people go to the train stations to offer different kinds of kindness there. Uh, and the way we got into this in a, in a tangible way was that uh, you have Hungarians and some Hungarians from Transcarpathia coming across, lots of Ukrainians from all over Ukraine coming across, but also Africans who were studying at, in, at, as international students in Kharkiv and in Kiev and, and in other places. And so a member of our church who's from Kenya looked at the news images and he noticed that in this packed railway station, there were people of color. And so he went to see for himself and he realized that they weren't getting quite the same kind of attention. So uh, just by different age, aid agencies that were there or different people that were there at the time. Mm -hmm. And so he called me and said, look, I see people who don't, don't have anywhere to go or they don't know where to go. Um, and after a little bit of discussion, we opened up our doors and that first night, it meant that we had 15 Nigerian students who were in our church. And then for the subsequent nights after that, it was 30, typically it was 30 students each night uh, now, on the one hand, that was a good fit for us because our church truly has a bit of a heritage of, of always welcoming the disenfranchised, whether it was the Jewish mission or recent contact with refugees in the past 15 years or this case. Um, but also the added advantage for us was that these international students um, speak English. So as an English speaking congregation in Hungary, it was helpful for us to reach out to, to English speakers. Yeah. Uh, and, but we've just seen, you know, the, 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 first, the first group I welcomed, uh, this fellow sat down and he's a university student. He's in good shape uh, and he's meeting me, this minister, and just right in front of me, he just takes off his shoes and he starts massaging his feet. And he says, we've been traveling for three days straight. You know, and, and you're talking about standing on crowded trains for 22 mm -hmm. hours at a go. So just even for the sake of argument, disregarding the violence and the fear and the, the threat to survival, the sheer exhaustion from the travel itself was, was palpable on, on these people. And so mm -hmm. what we've decided to do is uh, one way we describe ourselves is although we're not at the border, we see our church as a relief tent at a border. For those people who essentially are on their way and they enter into Budapest, we can't give long-term accommodation. Uh, we can't give, we're not competent to give immigration advice. We're not travel agents, but we can be a place to stay where it's heated, you're safe, there's some comforts, 
we happen to have one shower um, and we can provide some, some meals. So a chance to get clean, a chance to rest, a chance to eat and, and also Wi-Fi. So the capacity to connect with others. We try to provide that and for our guests, it's, it has been welcome. And I would add that in fact, for the community here, not only is it good for our church, I mean, the members that I would see from Sunday to Sunday, that they can be involved with something that they consider really helpful. Uh, and, and it is, but, but to actually have the chance, it is a, a wonderful opportunity to know that you're doing something to help people. But what I see is the broader community of people that kind of know our church, but aren't normally in it, they're so happy to come in and help. So it becomes a kind of evangelism, if you will, that that yeah. that 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 people are coming into our church to help that had never come in for worship, had sometimes yeah. come in for cultural events. But now that the church is giving them a chance to help, uh, then what we're doing is reaching out to them as well. So that's some of what that's some Isn't of it? what that's part of what's characterizing our life right now. Isn't that quite wonderful, too, that the church then begins to realize that that the spirit of God is at work outside the church doors yeah. and there's there's the spirit of God is at work in the community is <clears throat> not in the church out of out of the church walls and coming into the church they are bringing right. in something of the presence of Christ into the church right mm -hmm. right right and it's a little bit uh, I think uh, something that George was tapping into about uh, institutions and it's a chance for the the, the church to um, let's say worry less about institutional baggage and just be missional. And then you realize that, that some of these people who distrust institutions are just so happy to engage with the non-institutional aspects of, of church life. Yeah. So listen, how, uh, guys, if you get any questions you want to ask you, uh, Arlene, from the, 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 what you've heard. I um, know I just was, well, actually, I, I found that um, really, I, I hadn't realised actually um, that there were so many uh, international students, um, and that's uh, that's actually a really great to be able to to, to understand that um, because actually there there must there must be so many um, you know and like because there is like really big cities in um, Ukraine you know so there'll be people from all over the world there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Huge, huge numbers of students from India, but there they they found different. It's basically, uh, there was a hotel that was for different reasons was opened up to them, and their country was evacuating them, not really giving them their own options. I mean, it was saying mm -hmm. we encourage you to go back, but it's just it's just you're right. Different demographics mm -hmm. that we that I guess in the big picture of Ukraine, you can understand why they're not in the news their people with their own lives. Like the student who said he's in his last semester of medical school. He's been studying for six years and now he's having to give up his studies. Yeah. Oh. He's had to leave, you know, and you, you don't get uh, five, six of a diploma, you know, either you finish the program or you don't. Mm -hmm. So he's wondering what he gets to do next and how many people are affected. Yeah. But also, also Laurie, it reminds me of, okay, these international students, um, they've left. Ukrainian students, if they're men, didn't have that option. Yeah, yeah. That's that's oh yes. Uh -huh. You know, so, so it, it, you mm -hmm. know, you get to know one face, and you mm -hmm. think about what that person's life says, and then you think, 
well, what about someone who's just a little bit different? How are they affected? Mm -hmm. And then what about, and you just, it helps me put a face to the, the statistics and then put another face to the statistics. So we think of the international mm -hmm. students, then we think of the Ukrainian students. And we think about the Ukrainian students who are men who can't leave, the Ukrainian students who are women, who've, who are they leaving or are they staying? You think about the parents of both of these. I mean, it, it just doesn't stop, but it, it helps me, it helps me um, just to see, see the humanity in each of these in all of so, it in all of it thinking about Aaron thinking about here we are in Scotland speaking to you in Hungary and you're talking about what's happening in Ukraine mm -hmm. which we are seeing on the news all and listening to the question now is how do we connect how is the Church of Scotland how are people here listening to in Sanctuary First which we think also is an amazing name to be talking to people who are longing for Sanctuary and here we've got this website and this this a sanctuary where we can talk about faith and we talk about the presence of Christ journeying with us in the darkest of moments, you know. So the question I'm wanting to ask is, how how are we how are we able to connect with you to bring about support apart from a? I know that we can give financial support, but there's maybe something else you want to talk about in, in this yeah. area as well. There, there is, uh, and. Um... I mean, we are grateful for the financial support we have received. And, and I guess I would say on financial support, one thing that, that is important to note is some people have asked, what can we send? What about these big collections? And our own experience is don't send stuff. Uh, it's just the, the stuff management has been such a drain on our, uh, let's say, human resources. Just today, uh, for various reasons, we, ha we have a lot more bedding than we needed. So one task a volunteer took care of today was moving that bedding from one part of the church to another church so that someone else could take it away tomorrow. Now, all of that is coming from a true place of generosity. It also pointed out to us how, how we need to communicate better what our needs are. So I would say that, um, that if people feel compelled to give um, specifics or, I don't know, tangible things, then to any aid agency, any, I would say money is better than stuff. But what I asked for, what I would ask for first and foremost is prayer, because our greatest challenges at the moment are, are not about lack of finances, in part because people have already given generously, then whatever we need money for, we do have money for at the moment. But also, you know, some of the stresses are just how are we working together as a team? we had a certain way of being a congregation where you had worship on Sunday and we have somebody who's taking care of different matters related to the building. We have an excellent church musician who in my book is more than a musician. Um, the elders already of the church had, had, we had our own developing sense of mission. And then suddenly this huge task and privilege is, is given to us that requires a new way of organizing and acting. So we have more volunteers. We're trying to uh, find who's best suited to what task and how do we communicate with each other. For a while, there was a messenger group for a few people, a WhatsApp group for some other people, another WhatsApp group for some other people, and then there were e different emailing lists. And I, the only reason I'm listing all of that is because we needed to get over those, the, those kind of uh, growing pains very quickly uh, and we needed wisdom and wisdom, I think comes from prayer. So, so, and that's just one example. Uh, you know, the, the Hungarian government has restructured a little bit the way they're welcoming the people. 
it's just a, it was an organizational decision that rather than having people going to two railway stations in Budapest, they're going to have one central hub. But that has left all of the aid agencies asking questions of, well, how are we tapping into that? It's being organized a different way. It's, it's prayer that's going to get us through that transition. So just, just, uh, just so many areas of, of our outreach, we need prayer to give us wisdom or to give us patience with each other. Or just today for the first time, there was a Ukrainian woman who came, in fact, a family, it was so obvious, it was three generations, grandmother, her daughter, and her granddaughter. Um, and my anxiety went up so quickly because I, I was happy to welcome them started to speak to them and the the language barrier was just a jolt just to realize we could not communicate and i called someone um who was able to to translate and i thought okay good that problem solved we hang up the call and the woman asked me another question and i just thought oh you know it was just so the you know prayers to help us overcome language barriers to help us not step on feet culturally uh to help us anticipate maybe things before they come. When we had students, uh, which we think those international students probably are gonna be less of a demographic now because they were getting out in the beginning and we're no longer at the beginning of all of this. So we think maybe we're now reaching a stage where there will be adults, uh, uh, not students, but, um, and for reasons I've already stated, those are gonna be women. So what does it mean if we have 20 women seeking shelter? How does that affect how how we work as volunteers because of safeguarding concerns and, and our own group of volunteers. Um, I've made it clear, we just can't take children. We're not taking minors, um, but we still, you know, just all of these decisions, all of these practical implications, we just, we just need prayer more than anything else. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, and it's not because I'm a minister. I'm saying that it's because the things today, one of the great things today, is that someone has signed up to volunteer who was one of our first guests two weeks ago. So to think that someone that we opened our doors to is now saying, I want to come volunteer and help others, that's a great blessing. Uh, but I think that too is the fruit of prayer. That, that's not, that has nothing to do with finances. It's about, mm -hmm. it's about God guiding that person to volunteer. It's about us finding the right place for him. So I'm sorry to go on and on, but prayer, prayer, prayer. No, well, I mean, I think we, we, this is music to our ears because yeah. Laura, you know, we have an early morning prayer meeting every day at seven o'clock. Mm -hmm. We're uh, on Facebook where people are welcome to come and join us uh -huh. and pray. But also we, we, we have a community prayer every Monday now from seven mm -hmm. to half past for, for Ukraine. And we oh, will be praying you. alongside you in Hungary. So if, again, we can get, you no doubt will have your own way of of getting messages out for prayer. Yeah, and, okay, we'll and, do that. And we would be delighted to be on your list to get that kind okay. of thing, that we can use that to start praying and building that in. The other question I was wanting to ask is, the Church of Scotland will be wanting to offer some kind of support to you, and I'm, no doubt they are giving you support and encouragement centrally mm -hmm. in some way. But we are just again wondering, uh, I know that you're going to have to probably go off the... the yeah, the I'm actually, it, it is to the church that I'm going. Yeah. I've tried to, to take turns at different shifts. And I had, before I knew about this call, um, I'd signed up for the 
10 p.m. to 6 a.m. shift, and because of the time difference, it just means I'm going to need to, yeah. to leave in about five minutes. Yeah. So, so I know that you've got to get off, but it was just the question I was going to ask is, uh, is there any way, because we we'll discuss this later when you go off, we'll be thinking about, the, there's over 150,000 people in the UK have signed up to open their homes to Ukrainians, mm -hmm. and Scots have been doing the same. <clears throat> and one of the things is that they can be sponsored. If you know of someone who needs, they can be sponsored through. And I'm just wondering if that's an area that might be might be able to be looked at at some point. Yeah, because of the demographic of folks that we've hosted, they're not the ones that would be sponsored. You know, if we're talking about Nigerian students who, who were in Kharkiv and then they come to Hungary, uh, that's not what... The, the folks that the dim, that the sponsorship program has been developed for, I do think that now we will be meeting more Ukrainians. I say that only to say that I don't have much concrete contact with Ukrainians who have fled yet. But I, what you might have already been aware of is that we, as St. Columba's Church in Budapest, belong to the Church of Scotland and also to the Hungarian Reformed Church. And Hungarian Reformed Church aid is also one of the major charity organizations. So because of our ties through there, I, I will and do have contact easily with different families. My advice for people who are willing to sponsor is uh, <laughs> whether, whether we're thinking of ministers in your local communities or elders or Kirk Sessions or families that are thinking of this, find out who the Russian speakers are in your community. I say that without joking. You're, it, it, it makes a huge difference yeah. if you can contact somebody and say, I, I know there are different apps, so look up the different apps. But still, if you can call somebody and say, help me understand this question, it makes a huge difference if you, if you already have that number saved in your phone before you welcome someone. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is what I've discovered, a lot of people here, whether in our church when we're hosting someone just for one or two nights or people who have somebody in their home, a lot of people are aware that those who are coming to us have been through varying degrees of trauma. And there's this just kind of question of how can I help this person deal with their trauma? And, uh, and in a deeply spiritual and practical way, I would just say, you can't. You, you can welcome someone and you can be the non-anxious presence in their life, but don't ask the questions. It's not for us to see whether someone's ready to talk yet. Um, and to be honest, if they do start talking, you might not be ready for it. So you, you, it's, it's, you, you pray yeah, it's for the people, you pray for yourself and, and just, just be yourself and, 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 and maybe, yeah, anyway, that's, that's just what I'm saying is don't, don't try to be the analyst for somebody who's coming to you. The part of their trauma is they have had to give up everything that's familiar to them. And an unfamiliar face is not going to help them get over that. So yeah. you just, you develop the relationship first. You just develop mm -hmm. the relationship. You just welcome people as you are and where they are. And that is a gift. That is a huge gift. What they need is to feel safe and welcome. And other things might come with time. Listen, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know that you're very busy and got so much on. And you came at short notice, and we really appreciate that. Yeah, but I'm grateful for this opportunity. You've given yeah. us so much that we can be able to get this podcast out, and, and, and I'm sure lots of people will find it very helpful. So and I know you you've got much. to get off now. I too. do need to go, but thanks so, again for this. And, and uh, I wish I could 
So enjoy the rest of your conversation. Hopefully we'll I'll get you later. back again on another occasion. I look forward Thank to it. You, Thank you, Adam. Thanks a Thank lot. You. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, guys, wasn't that wasn't that really good to get that insight into where things are in Hungary? Mm. So used to seeing it on the television, and it's so distant. Um, he brought it near. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I think actually, just getting the to to know just it's more as well like see the practicalities, you yeah. know, because. Thinking about now, I, I will say that I was like, no, I'm in a man's and I'm thinking I've got plenty of room here. And I did think, you know, it'd be good to, you know, maybe host somebody, you know, to come over. And then I was like, oh, but, and it was the thought actually as well of, you know, having people over that, you know, have suffered this trauma. And you're like, how am I equipped to be able to deal with that? And see, to just hear Aaron say, well, actually, you don't need you don't need yeah. to address that. You know, you're just you're just welcoming people and building a relationship and giving them a place of safety. And actually, you have that permission that you don't need to solve anything for anybody because you're not able to. And but it's just you're providing a safe haven. Yeah. And so that's really encouraging, you know, as well. And to and also to know that you know that 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 those people that are, you know, giving help to um, the people that are, you know, the refugees, they are being well supported. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, that's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, really wonderful. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, Laura, sometimes we try and be the healer mm-hmm. um, when we only represent the healer. Yeah. Um, and we're only his hands and feet. He will do the healing so we can trust these people to him. Um yeah, I thought that was really profound. I was really impressed too that, that Aaron was talking about the importance of prayer. Yeah. And that, that he, he understands that if we pray about things, this this he will get guidance as to because he, he's obviously in a state of transformation and flux as well. Mm-hmm. Because every day will be different as different people are coming. As the students move on, he's now going to get a new group of people coming into him that's moved on further. Isn't that right? So he's obviously yeah. having to mm-hmm. look at things in a different way. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, a lot of people will be feeling, you know, we can watch all this and you can feel completely impotent. You know, you watch on the news and it's overwhelming and you're like, oh, I want to be able to help. What can I do? And to know actually... my prayer is welcome that's all I've got to offer I can't do anything else but to to know how powerful that is and that that is what that you know that's actually what the request is you know from Aaron and and others yeah yeah Yeah. I I, I thought it was good advice as he was saying as we think about opening our homes also to talk about get get to know people who speak Russian and 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 find out where, where the Russian speakers are. You know, uh-huh. if you're going to do that too, because you're going to need that help, aren't you? Oh, yeah. most definitely, yes. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. So listen, guys, I think we've covered quite a lot of ground tonight. I think it's been, you know, I, I feel as though we've got a lot to think about. And I don't, I don't think we should go on and talk about more things, because I do think that this has given us a focus to go mm. off and think about 
and to start talking about something else might just distract from what we've been hearing tonight. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think what would be really good, Albert, as well as, as you know, for our listeners um, as well, you know, because I'm thinking about the prayer and actually it'd be really great if we were able to find out maybe on, you know, on a regular basis, you know, from Aaron, what it is, they, what, what their prayer requests are. Mm. And, you know, if people are wanting to, you know, they can come on the community prayer on a Monday night and, you know, pray together for these. Or we could maybe put them on, put the requests on, the prayer requests as a blog on the Sanctuary First website. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we could probably do that if we got a, I can be in touch with Aaron about that. And it's something that we could maybe put up on a regular basis on the mm -hmm. blog, the prayer, the prayer list from Hungary mm -hmm. uh, and, and from St. Columbus and what they're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah. can I say, uh, to, to finally, the, there is another connection with Sanctuary First and the, and, and the aid is uh, Duncan is on his way as we speak. Uh, yes. I was hoping it might have got Duncan to come in tonight, but uh, uh, he's not got back to me yet. But certainly Duncan, again, is on his way to Poland. And mm -hmm. uh, I heard today he was, uh, you know, he's on the autobahn heading towards Poland. So he's, uh, you know, and just keeping him in our prayers every day. But that's another mm -hmm. connection there, that just to keep that in our mind, um, that he's there taking, and he's not taking, he's taking medical supplies that are needed, that he's been asked for by the navigators, George. Duncan is one of the leaders of the navigators in Stirling University, but he's yeah. also a musician and he connects with us here in Sanctuary First quite a lot. Yeah, great. So we, we, we'll be hearing more from Duncan as to how that works going on. But I do think Sanctuary First is good. We've got this name Sanctuary First, but we need to then be trying to live that out as to what it makes sense for people eh, longing for sanctuary and looking for sanctuary. And let's mm -hmm. speak about that. Mm -hmm. So listen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And thank you folks for listening in and eh, keep in touch with us. Keep looking at the site and we will certainly eh, be having our, <clears throat> our weekly a community prayer time on a Monday evening at 7pm and if you would like to join us you'll be able to do that just go direct onto the website and you can come on to the community prayer time uh, just onto the zoom call there's a link there for you to do that um, and so can I remind you of that and encourage you to do it and to look for the blog posts but until we meet again next month who we are almost certain to going to be looking at a um, We've got some interesting uh, hosts, uh, our, our guests to, uh, that we're uh, going to be hosting. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to Ken McKenzie coming on to join us. And he's just published a book about Iona. And we are also going to have a member of the Iona community coming on talking about Iona and also a special guest artist who I'm just waiting to, it's all confirmed, but it will be a great podcast next month. Ooh. So looking out for that. <laughs> so next month we're looking at, uh, at, at Iona and, 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 and culture and art and all that. And of course, Ken McKenzie is going to be with us as well uh, from the minister up in Bremer. So until next month, 
until we catch up again god bless and have a good time bye thank you bye